Welcome to the Cinderella Podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Cinderella, made in 1972, and we're calling it the Rankin-Bass Cinderella because that's who produced it. And you might be familiar with these guys. They also did all of the Christmas animations like Rudolph and the little drummer boy Frosty the Snowman and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But this is 2D drawn animation. I think they also like did Thundercats and like the the Hobbit cartoon, like yeah. a whole bunch of things. And like the last so, unicorn. Yeah, they did so much. So this is two-dimensionally animated. It's like drawn and it's got like a very... 70s animation style in which everyone has Flintstones proportions with like little button noses. Yeah, it's definitely a distinctive style, except for Cinderella, who looks different than everybody else, which we'll get to. Cinderella looks like an anime character. The prince looks like He-Man, but like dopey. He looks like the hulked out version of Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty. Like if Prince Philip was a himbo. <laughs> he has, well, we'll tell you about him when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. So, so we start with um, Boing Boing Haunted VHS Tape Spins, laser music, more music, swish, swish, laser. This is the logo and the company title and stuff like that, but it's very aggressively like, the 1970s version of futuristic mm -hmm. with lasers and just a lot of like pew pew sounds yeah like woo, pew 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 uh, i really liked it it was very like <laughs> engaging very dimensional and then we go straight into the ball we're actively at the ball and Cinderella and the prince are like dancing together already and the prince is like you must tell me your name and she says some, like, Cinderella things to him, like, oh, no, I mustn't. I shouldn't even be here. You know, I don't belong here. Yeah. And he's like, nonsense. It's being thrown in my honor. And I say you belong. You're the only one who belongs. And then it's midnight, and she's got to go. And at this point, Talon stops me and goes, are you sure this is right? Like, are you sure we're watching the right one, that we have the right version? And I'm like, no. No, I'm not sure. I don't. Well... So we're watching this on YouTube and I was like, oh, I wonder if they just skipped ahead and the Cinderella is actually like an hour long instead of 20 minutes like we thought. And we're coming in at the end and we just missed a whole bunch of stuff. But no, nope. that's how they present this. You just get a sneak peek of like the most dramatic scene yes. before you have any context for why it's important. Yeah. And then we get the intro. So the Cinderella is an episode of the Rankin-Bass Festival of Family Classics, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was like an animated cartoon that was syndicated in which every episode was just like a different fairy tale or folk tale or just like story. Yeah. We've seen a couple of those. So I was like, oh, these tend to be kind of on the weirder side because they're doing so many of them yes that they tend to just have like a vibe mm -hmm. and we get the intro to that which includes like a giant rainbow bridge situation where all of the characters walk right directly at you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
and there's music and then there's a big book that shows up and it wishes towards you and then it wishes all the way back uh, like in reverse and then I thought maybe all of the characters were gonna rewind and go back yeah down the rainbow but the rainbow just pulls away and ends so that was unclear yeah well weird choice visually I also thought it was like oh we're starting oh nope we're going backwards again um never mind I'll start and then we just write in Cinderella who is carving a jack-o'-lantern yes Cinderella has the biggest creepiest emptiest doll eyes that we have ever seen I mean, other than Elf, but, like, she's got very creepy, empty eyes. They're just huge and flat. So the problem is that she's got anime eyes, but they didn't do any of the million pinpricks of, like, little white bits that you're supposed to have in them. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. So she just looks, like, uncannily like the jack-o'-lantern she's carving. They look so similar, it's upsetting. And she's just telling him that he's, like, such a handsome lad, and then he smiles and blushes. I thought that was not true in universe, but I, I think it was. I think that's a living pumpkin in universe. It sometimes might be, but most of the time, I don't think it is. It's really weird. There's also birds. There's two white doves, I guess. I am assuming they're doves because they're being kept inside and they're like sweet and friendly, but what they actually look like is seagulls. They, they do. don't act like seagulls. No. But they, they look like them. Like that shape of beak. Like they have very big beaks. Yeah. They're also like and just like large and flappy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't talk. But Cinderella talks to them and she has long blonde hair and she's wearing sort of a high collar dress. that's got lots of patches on it and is all just various shades of like gray and blue. She's not smudgy, but her dress is at least very patchy. So I'm, I'm okay with this. She definitely like looks like she's doing work. Yes. But also is like stunningly beautiful, which I'll accept from a Cinderella, as long as she doesn't look like super fancy while she's doing it, which she doesn't. Yes. We hear our stepmother coming up the stairs or something. Cinderella prompts the birds to go fly back into their cage and pretend like they're locked up. And our stepmother bursts into the room. She's shaped a little bit like the Queen of Hearts from the Alice in Wonderland Disney cartoon. Yes. Yes. And is similarly ill-tempered. Uh, yeah. Again, she, she has a very Flintstone feel about her, but not the, not the women. She's very much Barney Flintstone, right? I don't know the Flintstones. Well, she's, she's big. Like, she's tall, though. Like, she's shaped like a rectangle that's set kind of on its edge. Yeah. Uh, very like um oh what's her name the the bad the antagonist of matilda oh trunchbull trunchbull uh yeah so she's shaped kind of like trunchbull in that she's stocky and tall and imposing but also like kind of busty yes but in a threatening way not in like a curvy way yeah no uh, threatening boobs indeed the stepmother is angry about her wasting time in here with a pumpkin she's like you haven't done you haven't done all there's so many chores and things are dirty and you haven't done anything and and you have so much more to do you have to paint the house and repair the roof and then you have to fix us lunch and i'm like wow that's fixing the roof is not like a before lunch kind of chore like that's a it's a week slot that's 
You gotta set aside a week for that. That's not a before lunch kind of thing, ma'am. That's unreasonable expectations. No. And, and she follows that up with an after lunch, I'll see what else I can find for you to do. At which point, Cinderella asks her stepmother for some help. And the stepmother is very angry about this and is like, what are you suggesting that your stepsister stoop to doing housework? My daughters are ladies. And Cinderella goes, but stepmother. And then we hear like an elephant noise, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like a trumpety. Yeah. Bellowing. Yeah. Screeching sound. I can't do an elephant noise which is very sad because I'm a children's librarian and whenever I read books about animals to children I will make the sound so like and then here's a tiger and the tiger goes roar let's all go roar and so we do that but but whenever an elephant comes up I have to make eye contact with all the parents and be like so I don't know how to do an elephant noise but here we go. And then I do something that is never the same thing and is always like just wrong, just off. And then the children <laughs> have to show me how to do an elephant noise. The closest I can get is like, <sighs> oh my God, I want to go to your children's stories so bad. <sighs> just thought I'd share that. <laughs> so this sound is coming from the stepsisters in a different room and the stepmother immediately is like oh my baby something horrible must have happened and she runs away to see what's going on with them they are on the ceiling on the chandelier they're both just like clutching it with their hands and their legs and they're having like a very casual like emotionally not the tenor that you would expect from two people clutching a chandelier. Yeah. So it seems like they're just chilling there, but they're also having an argument. One of the stepsisters is like, I was here first. And the other one's like, if you don't get down, the whole ceiling will collapse. And they're just kind of going back and forth. And then the ceiling does collapse and they fall down. Mm-hmm. And um... did you happen to get the stepsisters' names? Because I got that one of them is Lydia. And the other one, I could not parse any of the times we heard it. I have terrible news. I hope that the first one's name is Lydia. I think the first one's name is Thinia. No! Because the second one's name is Fatima, which is a real name. But nobody in this picture is from a culture that names their children Fatima. So... Wow. Okay. Um, I. By the way, if you're wondering, the thin one, Thinia, and the chubby one is is Fatima. You were thinking they were going to do it the other way around, which would have been funny. No, they don't. Uh, so the fatter one is shorter, and the skinnier one is tall, and those are the things that they make fun of each other for. Mm-hmm. The skinny one constantly makes fun of the fat one for being fat, and the fat one constantly makes fun of the skinny one for being too skinny. Yep. Which, Which I like better than just when there's only fat jokes, but it still like wasn't super pleasant to hear. It's not great. It because those jokes come back around so often. And because they get distracted from being mean to Cinderella by being mean to each other, 
it was this one was I was the most okay with this of all the like yeah. thin fat pairs we've had. This is my favorite in terms of like it, no, this is even handed. the The chubby one is very much not none of the none of their insults hurt each other at all. It, and it does seem like it doesn't have to do with like beauty standards so much as it's like what they've got as prominent features so that's what they're attacking yeah i i imagine if they looked the same then they would be like well you're blonde and that's stupid and the other one would be like well you're a brunette and that's worse yes it's very much that vibe so i was actually strangely okay with this but the reason that they were aboard the chandelier what what verb do you use for chandeliering? Well, see a swings. Swings. Okay, so the reason the reason they were there is there were mice and they were scared of them. The stepmother tells them to go lie down until they've gotten over this horrifying experience. She yells at Cinderella again and tells her to put a baited mouse trap right in front of the hole. And Talon and I are like, ah, oh, no. She also was like very specific. She was like, I want you to go to the kitchen and I want you to get a mouse trap and I want you to put cheese in it and bait it. And then I want you to go out into the hall where the hole in the wall is where the mice are and you want to, I want you to put it down right in front of it. Very but like specific. we spent a lot of time on that. Like this movie is 20 minutes long. It yep. goes fast. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of emphasis on that. And I was very nervous. Me too. But it turns out well, that there was a different reason for the emphasis. Yes. Cause, so the next scene we see is Cinderella putting down a mousetrap with cheese in it and being like, come out, little friends. I brought food. for," And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then the next line is Cinderella going, she said bait it, but she never said anything about setting it. So she's just got, like using a mousetrap as a plate of food for this mice family. Yeah. She's like. Now, I told you guys to stay hidden better because you're not supposed to be out and I'll bring you more cheese or something. No, it's even sweeter than that. So first of all, Cinderella has a very like melodic butter wouldn't melt in your mouth kind of voice. Yes. Where she sounds almost ethereal. Yes. And so she calls the mice out and they look a little suspicious about the whole mousetrap setup. And the mice don't like talk, but they're clearly like sapient. Yes. Sapient, yep. Yeah. So the mice are clearly sapient. And even though they don't like talk talk to Cinderella, they like gesture and do things. And like, just like with the birds, like they're clearly like pals and they understand her. And she kind of understands what they're communicating to her. Yes. And she's like, that's right, little one. It's for you and your friends. You can take it home. And they all kind of come out and they look like very happy about this chunk of cheese. And she's like, you're welcome, my darlings, but please promise to stay out of sight. You frightened my stepsisters into a tizzy. It's weird. And then um, the stepmother yells at her again for windows not being washed. And Which then- was one of the chores that she told her to do before lunch. Yes, but as she's pointing out that like, oh, there's a speck of dust here and a molecule of dirt there, and these windows aren't washed, she looks out of the window and we see what the stepmother describes as a knight in shining armor, but is in fact a very silly page boy wearing a tin can bouncing down the road on a horse that might as well be a hobby horse. 
So this horse is like clopping along like pretty fast. And this man is so small that like he's holding onto the reins, but his like butt keeps flying off the seat and his little legs are like scrambling. He's bouncing up and down on the horse. The yes. horse is just trotting regularly. Yes. And he keeps telling the horse, come on, slow down, slow down. Yeah, it's the horse does not listen to him at all. But the stepmother is like, oh, a knight in shining armor coming up the road. And the stepsisters are like, he's mine, a knight. I saw him first. You haven't even seen him yet. You're not even at the window. It's very funny. It's very funny. And then he tries to get the horse to stop and it comes to a stop and he the momentum takes him flying smack into their front door, which works as a knock. And when the stepmother opens it, she goes, oh, my stars, a knight in shining armor. Oh, good sir, what brings you here? And he's like, I have a royal proclamation. And he does the whole hear ye thing. And basically the king and queen command the presence of every maiden here to celebrate their son's birthday and he's going to pick a bride. Okay, okay. What he says is, the king commands all fair maidens and then he looks up from his scroll at the stepsisters and goes, that's stretching it a bit. He says, he says out loud as an yes, aside. to us. To us. And to, it's amazing. But yeah, so he delivers his proclamation and the stepsisters are like, oh, way a ball. Yeah, now run away. And Cinderella comes out and she goes, we can't leave this poor man here. We have to help him on his horse. And he's like, oh, he's, he's Eeyore now. And he's like, oh, don't bother. I just fall off. And then he asks her to just hand him the reins. So she does. And the horse takes off. And he is just being dragged behind the horse, very resigned to this being his fate. Yes. So the stepsisters are getting excited. And the stepmother is like, oh, my gosh. You're going to need dresses, beautiful dresses. We're going to have to have, like, a dressmaker. And one of the stepsisters, well, uh, Thinia, I guess, formerly known to me as Lydia, uh, goes, like, you need Omar the tent maker, not Cinderella the dressmaker, because Cinderella is going to be making the dresses. Yep. Stepmother actually delivers a line, I need you to make my daughters beautiful. And Cinderella's like, um, how am I supposed to finish these dresses by tomorrow night like that's not because the ball is tomorrow the ball's tomorrow in traditional fashion so i like you know ball tomorrow back on familiar ground and the stepmother goes well you'll just have to work through the night and then we got one of the most unexpected scenes that i've ever seen in the cinderella work montage she set up a loom yeah and a spinning wheel she's she is spinning the thread mm -hmm. from the wool she's spinning thread and with the mice and the pumpkin helping her, because the pumpkin is alive and haunted in this scene, and the birds are helping too, and they're spinning the thread onto a drop spindle, which then she's threading onto a bobbin, and she's weaving the cloth. Yeah, so they very clearly said dressmaker, not seamstress. Yeah. Or tailor, so like... I. I, I like the way that this movie plays with the realism and not realism like at the same time in that Cinderella like openly acknowledges, but the ball is tomorrow. That's impossible. And also, yeah, she's like fully you have to make making these clothes from scratch like, in a way that short of her going out and like shearing the sheep first, 
I don't know how it could be more from scratch. Honestly, this could have been the Amelia Bedelia Cinderella. Like, this Cinderella <laughs> is very weirdly literal in some ways. And so then we cut to the next morning. She's evidently woven and hand-dyed this fabric because it's white as she's weaving it, but it's pink and yellow and orange and purple in the morning. And she's using a hand crank sewing machine, you guys. You guys, not only is it not electric, which obviously it's not electric. She can't have the help of the electrical fairies. But it's not even a treadle sewing machine where you get to push a thing with your foot and it mechanically makes the thing spin and go. It's a hand crank. She's cranking it with her hand as she's using... It's so... It's so bananas, you guys. Like... It's wacky. So as she's working, the stepsisters come to, like, check in, and they're fretting and insulting each other. And Cinderella tells them, oh, don't worry, they'll be done in time. Like, very reassuringly for people who do not treat her well. Yes. And then the next scene is Cinderella pulling like the strings on the corset on Fatima while Fatima demands tighter I want to have a shape and Thinia makes the like yeah round joke that like always happens but I thought it was very funny that Cinderella looked more upset like more distraught Mm -hmm. by how violently she had to pull the like the laces on the corset yeah Whereas, like, the actual person that you would expect to be, like, shrieking in pain is the one, like, yeah, keep going. So Because usually it's the stepmother being, like, it has to be tighter, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was nice that she was doing it to herself. But also, if, we, if Cinderella had to, like, weave all that fabric from scratch, corsets have whalebone and metal grommets. Oh my God. Do you think that she had to go out and, like, hunt and slaughter a whale to, like, harvest its bones and then, like, build a forge? and smith iron to get the little grommets for the corset i think they probably just already had corsets because it's going underneath the dress and i think they needed new dresses for the ball and they knew that there was like no way that any dressmaker was gonna have any appointment that they could buy And that, like, any beautiful fabric that they could purchase, somebody else would also either have or, like, it would be sold out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I think their goal was to look unique, but not, like, so unique that Cinderella needed to, like, handcraft them new shapewear. Okay. I will buy that. That is internally consistent with this movie. So I'm good. The traditional thing happens where the fat stepsister explodes out of the corset and goes flying across the room. And then we cut to the scene where they're just all dressed and their hair is done. And the taller stepsister has red hair and her dress is yellow and orange or orange and lighter orange. And the short sister, uh, her hair is brown and she's wearing like a pink and a darker pink dress. They look like prom dresses, like caricatures of prom dresses. They're not bad. So I thought the dresses were really nice. Yeah, they were kind of pretty. Like, I... The colors. Considering, like, what kind of animation this is, and that they're, like, the evil stepsisters, they didn't look funny. No. And the dresses were both interesting. Not the colors, but, like, the the outlines of the dresses, like, the silhouette and the design elements. Yeah, they were good. They were pretty. Yeah. They looked nice next to each other, and they also were separate and had their own things going, and they weren't matchy-matchy. Cinderella did a really good job. Really good job. Yeah, absolutely. 
Cinderella says, you know, I have some material left over. May I make a gown for myself and also attend the ball? And the stepsisters cackle. And the stepmother goes, no, the ball is for ladies and not servants. Go to your room and don't ever forget your place again. Yeah. And Cinderella runs to her room sobbing. And then we we cut. We get a weird cut because she's like kneeling by her bed crying. With like all of her animal friends around her kind of looking helplessly at each other. Mm -hmm. But just just for a really, really short moment. And then we get a cut. And then she's now sitting at her table with her head in her hands kind of sniffling with her animal friends around her looking sorry for her. And then also obviously the jack-o'-lantern because that's one of her animal friends despite now being inanimate. Yes. uh, We have to talk about this jack-o'-lantern some more in the after party. That's going to be. Oh yeah. Uh, But then she lifts her head from her hands and goes, what am I doing? I'm feeling sorry for myself and that won't do at all. Before father died, he told me that if I ever wanted something like a whole bunch that I should wish on the evening star. And I wrote in my notes, Oh, we're in Pinocchio now. Because mm-hmm. she goes to the Evening Star, which is the one she goes, you know, starlight, star bright. First star I see tonight, I wish I may, I wish I might. Which have it's not. Tonight. Like, it's, it's not. It's not the first star. There's other stars there. But this is like the one with the most uh, pointy things coming out of it. Pointy so ones. that's the wishing star. Yeah. And at this point, I was feeling kind of I was a, little bored. a little annoyed, a little annoyed with the father. Yeah. Because it was like, well, you clearly married a terrible woman, and it seemed like either he told her this before he died or, like, as he was dying. Yeah. So it seems like he really had, like, a concern mm-hmm. that he expressed to her, and I can't believe his solution to whatever issue she might face was, like, well, honey, uh, if you just, like, hope a whole lot and go and, like, wish on a star, that's what you should do. Like, that'll that'll... If you have a really big problem, you should just hope real hope, hard. Hope real hard. But but as soon as Cinderella finishes this wishing star poem, the star goes supernova and it shoots out pink bubbles. And Cinderella goes, oh my, what have I done? And I'm like, oh no, is this... If we kick off an apocalypse movie where the stars fall, I'm this is my <gasps> favorite movie ever. But no, that's not what happens. The star shoots like a beam of sparkly light yes. right through Cinderella's window. At which point, Cinderella and all of the animals like hide under the table. Mm-hmm. And, and then our fairy godmother appears. And she's sort of like a cross between like if a Flintstones character was one of the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty. There's a lot of Sleeping Beauty tie-ins. Like, I'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but yes. She, mm-hmm. she very much has the the main fairy. She's got the little red hat yeah. and like the little all red outfit. And the first thing she says is, where am I? And Cinderella looks at her and goes, who are you? And she goes, oh, who am I? Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I'm your fairy godmother and you must be Cinderella. I was like, one, that goes the other way. Like that definitely. You must be, oh, if you're Cinderella, then I'm your fairy godmother. Not like I've defined myself and now I've defined you. Like, that's weird. Also, I have. Okay. If you assume that she used to be the star and has now been summoned. Okay. Into the human shape. 
then she's like, who am I? I'm, oh, I'm a fairy godmother. Okay, I was summoned. You must be my god kid. My god kid is Cinderella. There we go. You're Cinderella. That actually made perfect sense to me. Mm. And that's how I figure out like why I'm in a room and who I'm talking to. Sometimes, kind of. I over I I tried too much. I think I I think I really like had you, you did. Uh, agreeing and with me until and then I just like you you went too far. Pushed it too far. Went too far. I have in my nose that this fairy godmother looks kind of like if the um the fairy godmother from our bonus episode this season was animated. Like it's a very similar look. Just like facially, it was weird. The fairy godmother goes, so I didn't get any of these lines because these were weird. I got got some of this. Okay, cool. So Cinderella goes like, yes, I'm Cinderella. Are you really my fairy godmother? And the fairy godmother is like, oh, yes, indeed, lovely child. I knew your father well. I promised him if you ever wished for anything really hard, I'd grant that wish. So here I am. I am a little rusty, though. I hope it's not too hard. Yeah. And Cinderella says, I knew my father wouldn't abandon me even after he died. There's a lot of dark, weird moments in this. I'm also not thrilled that the dad made a deal with the fae involving his child because that just canonically fairy tale wise. Well, it seems like they knew each other well. So maybe like he was an astrologer. And was just, like, pals with her. Oh, man. Okay. But it does, like, it made me feel so much better about the thing that I was angry about. Yes. Because if you assume that he died when Cinderella was really young, he probably didn't have a great way to communicate to her, like, what she should wish for or how anything should go. So the fact that she does have a fairy godmother... And that fairy godmother shows up despite her entire life being pretty like hard and terrible. Um, But she shows up specifically when Cinderella just wants to go to a ball. None of that makes sense unless this is like a weird fairy bargain that your father made before he died in that like the fairy wasn't like looking out for her because she doesn't know what to look out for. And Cinderella like isn't hadn't made the specific wish like cinderella isn't like oh man i wish someone would save me from this she's like oh i wish i could go to the ball because that seems feasible to her so that's the thing she asked for if she had known that she had a wish that would actually be granted by a magical entity which was like not made clear to her she might have wished for something else which actually makes me feel better about the whole thing because that always was like very weird to me yes i like this i i'm with you I'm on board. This is also, I think, the first instance where the dead father is the source of magic that we've encountered and not the dead mother. Yes. He's the instigator of magic. I, well, I we've like had, it. like, the mother getting uh, Gustavo oh, in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And Sneakerella to, like, do magic sort of on her behalf. And it wasn't clear if she herself was magical. And, like, even the fairy godmother thing is usually, like, I knew your mother. Yeah, that happens a lot. I thought it was neat. Anyways, so the music does a lot of, like, harp glissandos, just like... And the fairy godmother says, she does a poem, and it's like, wand something, dress this child ultra chic. And just, like, bloop, and now she's in a different dress. I love this dress. This is so pretty. 
I don't beautiful, like this dress. Beautiful, like, A-line dress. It's blue. It's lighter on top, and it sort of fades to darker. It's got a really beautiful um, boat neck top. So it looks kind of like the dress that they made for Aurora in Sleeping Beauty. Like, this is another Sleeping Beauty vibe. Okay, but here's the thing. The neckline is a very cute neckline, but structurally, it's got a very wide band around it, yeah. which is, like, an incredibly, like, 70s, 80s thing to do. And then on top of that, they've put like a very plain like Greek style urn pattern on it in that it's a a square zigzag kind of thing. Not sure how to describe it, but it just, it doesn't look, like it's very geometric. It's a folded over boat neck collar. So that is, it is 70s, but it is also 70s because it was inspired by something before the 70s. So this is actually an old thing that people used to do with dresses where you would have a big wide collar and it would stand out and it would be... So this is not completely historically inaccurate. It's also one of the necklines that looks best on me personally. So I love boat neck collars. Every time they show up, I'm like, boat necks, the best look. It's the width of the band. I think it takes up too much room on the top. Okay. And your eye goes immediately to it and it overwhelms like the beauty and structure of both the dress and Cinderella to me. like. I just, I think even if it's an okay dress, it's like not flattering on her because it's a very chunky design. Like it, you know what? I think she looks fabulous. I think the stepsister dresses were more elegant and I wish Cinderella could have designed her own dress because I think it would have been better. Mm, Man, hard disagree. This is like, they have very different feelings about this. Anyways, so she's also got like a jewels and a little tiara in her hair. And she goes, oh, but I have no way to get to the palace. And the fairy godmother goes, oh, well, normally if I needed to make someone a mode of transportation, like mice make the best horsemen and, and birds make the best horses and pumpkins make the best coaches, but where would I find all of those things? And Cinderella's like, they're literally right in the room, right next to you. What, what in God's name is happening? That is Olivia's reaction and my <laughs> reaction. Cinderella goes... Oh, I have them all right here. Like delighted. I, uh, but I really thought it was very funny. Like I thought the fairy godmother was literally looking at them while she said those things. And so I thought she was like, oh, well, I'll turn this into that and that into this. But the realization that the specific and weird ingredients that she needs to do her magic are conveniently all already in the room is just like very funny. I. This is because we just watched the Elf Cinderella, but I got such a vibe from this one of like, oh, I don't even know what to do with such a beautiful item. <gasps> like, there was just this little moment of like, oh, I wouldn't even know where to get such a beautiful thing. It was so fun. <laughs> it was like, oh, I mean, okay, you know what? It, it reminds me of that bit in Prince's Bride mm-hmm. where they're trying to storm the castle and Wesley's like, I mean, if I had a wagon... Or like a cloak, I could do something. And then they're like, yeah, we got those right here. He's like, oh, okay, well, why didn't you say so? Yeah, very much. It's got that much of a feel to it. So I was excited because the birds are going to be turned into horses. And I was like, oh, we've literally never seen that. Birds have never been turned into horses. I'm so excited. And Um, the mice started nodding kind of excitedly when the fairy godmother was like, and mice make excellent coachmen. And they were like nodding. Like, so I think... This is the one instance where the mice are actively, like, asking to be turned into coachmen, and they've, like, agreed to it. They have consented to this transformation. Yep. So the 
fairy godmother goes, one beyond reproach, turn this pumpkin into a coach. And it turns into like a wagon instead. And she's like, oh no, um, undo that. Um, it's all in the wrist. And she tries again. And this time it turns into a big pumpkin shaped gold carriage with like flaming hot pink windows, like Cheeto hot pink windows. At this point, it must be noted that all of this is still happening in Cinderella's bedroom, which is in the attic. Yeah. And Liv and I both made eye contact and we're like, it's inside the house. This Liv said it's inside the house, but I was like, it's, it's inside the house. It was already in my notes. This is one of the things that we keep track of. Also, we didn't say, but this is a house and it's, it's like five stories tall. It's just got weird stories on top of stories and she's in this little garret attic place. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Okay, so she's not only, not only is there a vehicle inside of a building with no way out, she's on the fifth floor. But then the fairy godmother goes, now wand, of course, is, your, like, your now task wand, of course, is to turn these birds into horses. And the birds turn into horses, and she goes, now wand, I have a yen to turn these three mice into men. And she turns the mice into, like, just, like, comedy men. They're just kind of squat and, like, spindly-armed and legged jollily so and they've all got like brooklyn accents or new york accents or something and one of them was like hey hey you look different and the other one's like hey i feel different and they go say what was in that cheese miss like oh my god are they having like the worst trip because that would be hysterical and then the fairy godmother reassures them that it's only temporary because she kind of sees them freaking out like they're on a bad trip. And she's like, yo, yo, it's okay. It's okay. You're fine. And she tells them that the spell runs out by midnight. And she's basically getting ready to send Cinderella on her way. But mm-hmm. just like after the dress appeared, she was getting ready to send Cinderella on her way. And Cinderella had to be like, oh, but I, what about? So this time, Cinderella goes, oh, but how do we get the carriage out of the attic? And we had to pause the cartoon because nobody has ever acknowledged that the carriage has appeared inside the house in any of the other instances that it's happened. It's and it's happened a lot. Yep. So we, we were shocked. That was not a thing we were expecting in this movie from the 70s. And the fairy godmother was like, oh, no worry. I'm just going to have the magic wand make the entire house disappear. Which. Remember, they're, they're on the fifth floor. in like a five-story house in the attic. They're, they're high. They're going to fall to their death. But we just cut to outside. And the coach is outside on like the driveway now. And everyone's outside. And I'm just like, that you, you acknowledge the insane weird thing. But then you picked an even weirder thing and then forgot the extra super duper weird thing about that weird thing. And are not mentioning it. I don't even know how I feel about this. I can't believe they said that something like so bananas was about to happen and then didn't animate it for us. Like, what? you can't do that as a throwaway line. We're going to make the house disappear. And in case you're wondering, dear listeners, uh, the disappearance of the house is never acknowledged other than that. We don't see it pop back into the scene like in that scene, but it is there later. So, well, like... Was there just not a house there until midnight? Well, we don't see it again until midnight. Like after midnight. Yeah. Like we see. So was there just not a house there for like 
a while. I think there must have just not been a house there for a couple of hours. There was just not a house. There was just a void. Weird. I very badly want there to be just like a gaping void in the universe. Just like a... Just like a row of houses with one conspicuously missing like a tooth. Oh, I was... No, like a gaping black hole into the abyss. Oh, that's more horrifying than the thing that I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I want. But we're sending Cinderella to the ball now and the fairy godmother reminds her about midnight and ends with, oh dear, I hope she remembers. It'll be so embarrassing. Like, okay. Cinderella is like very sweet. She's like, oh, how can I ever thank you? This is going to be the most exciting evening of my life. And the fairy godmother goes, oh, don't mention it, dear. Just have a good time. And I thought that was so sweet. Yes, I think so too. This was a cute, this was cute. So we cut to the ball and we see an aerial shot of couples dancing. And then we see the stepmother sitting with like other matronly people on the side. And she's sort of doing the proud matron thing. And she's like, that's my daughter Fatima dancing with the prince. And we see Fatima dancing with the prince. And she's very small and round. And the prince is... Uh, weirdly proportioned but also a lot taller than everybody so like in our universe he would have to be like six foot seven like he's just an extremely tall fellow so the prince looks like he-man he's got the same short bull haircut but it's brown Mm -hmm. but instead of like like remember cinderella has big anime eyes but he's got two little dots for eyes like in the scooby-doo cartoon But he's also got upside down triangle eyebrows, which make him look like angry and mean. But also kind of like a puppy because they're very thick. Yes. And then he has like a very kind of squat body and very long, thin legs. So proportionally, like if he was wearing like a shapeless nightgown, he would look very regularly proportioned. But he is not and he does not. Yeah, so it looks like they tried to make a handsome man and they couldn't quite get their animation style to work with it. So they drew a weird man and stretched him out until he was like handsome man size. Yes. And so this is a very nice prince. He is very polite. He is dancing with all of the girls, even though it's later made clear to us that this was his mother, the queen's idea. Yeah. He's being polite but still has like a personality and he's like in general like a very nice young man but every time he was on the screen I had to like hold back laughter because he looks so goofy like everything that he says is like very princely but then they pan to his face and he just looks like like two little dots under big bushy eyebrows just kind of squinting meaningfully from underneath his bowl cut it's 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 kind of incredible it's such a weird choice anyway so he's he's dancing with Fatima and she is like oh we're we make such a beautiful couple I'm excellent at dancing I'm, I'm very light on my feet and we see her just stomping all over his feet and he goes yes because you're dancing on mine which I like it when the prince can say things that are kind of snarky but not like mean yeah. And, and she does say, like, you've noticed that I'm light on my feet. So he is agreeing with her. And he's like, yes, uh, you're, you're standing on mine. I have noticed. Yeah. Which is both, like, either very snarky or very sweet. And I like that it's hard to tell which one. Mm-hmm. 
And then we cut to the tall daughter also dancing with him and bragging about like all the times that the Earl of definitely doesn't exist. Uh, he's from Canada. You wouldn't know him proposed to her. But she was like, I'm saving myself for a prince if you know what I mean. That's part of it. She does say that. Yeah. Um, and, and then <laughs> we get the best thing. We cut to the king and queen. And the king is like, this was your idea. This was a terrible idea. Another one of your brilliant ideas. And then he starts to just straight up oh. roast her. He's just like, oh, we'll throw a ball and all the beautiful ladies will come. And then they will surely want to choose a bride from there. Nah, nah, nah. And the queen goes, well, you don't have any better ideas. And what, what do you want him to just spend his time as a philandering bachelor? And the king goes, that's the first good idea you've had. <laughs> I'm just like, what's happening? I it is very funny. <laughs> uh, the king also calls all of the ladies at the ball such a collection of turkeys, which is like... Yes, this is a waste of time. Yeah, which I thought was like implying that they're kind of like ridiculous and silly. Yes. And not just being like, well, all of these girls are like pigs or cows or something like yeah turkeys like, is a weird word yeah i just it was weirdly not like gendered the same way other animal insults are gendered yeah while still being like pretty rude yeah it was it was nice i liked it yeah i was like i was very pleasantly surprised i yeah. get a little nervous about cartoons that are like you know 50 plus years old yeah but but cinderella shows up now and she's at the top of the stairs, and as she opens the door, a weird silence sort of emanates from her, and we get people complimenting her, sort of whispering, and it was weird echoey compliments. Like, it, we heard echoes. It was strange. Trumpets announced her arrival. I don't know if they did that for everybody or just for her because she's, like, really hot. I don't know. But yeah. We hear lots of people commenting about how, like, beautiful and interesting her presence is. And it's both men and women, which I thought was nice. Yes. So the prince makes a beeline for her and takes her hand and leads her down the stairs. And it just starts to spin her pretty fast. This is dancing. They're dancing. They're, they're, they're dancing. They're dancing. And they're having a good time. But it's, it's pretty fast. We're watching some fast visuals. So the king is like, oh, hey, look, I think he's finally caught on to something. And then the queen responds using the exact same phrase he used. Yes, another one of my brainy ideas. Like, and it's amazing. It was like, touche lady. Yes, I wanted more from this couple. They were, they were fun. But, but now we're back to the beginning of where we started the movie, where the prince and Cinderella are dancing, and he goes, tell me your name. And she goes, I dare not tell you my name. I, I don't even belong here. And he goes, Ball is in my honor, and you belong here more than anyone. Please tell me your name. And she goes, Oh, it's midnight. And she goes to leave, and he's like, No, please don't go. She does tell him, I must go. And then he's like, Oh, don't go. Uh, but she leaves. And then we get like a couple of versions of this shot from different angles. Yeah. And it's just like the slowest speed chase I've ever seen. Yeah. I have, I have, she walks very slowly down forever stairs. So she goes down some stairs and the prince is following her. And, and then we switch to a different shot of her going down the stairs from like a different angle. And just like a lot of stairs. Mm -hmm. 
the shot that they switched to is like a head-on view of Cinderella, like she's coming towards the camera, but she's also descending stairs. So I don't know why the animators decided to do this, but now they've got to animate her getting bigger and also like going down with foreshadowing. Yeah. And so the background flattens out behind her in a really weird way and her proportions are off. And at this point I was like, what was in that cheese? I, this is weird. This This is getting trippy. (laughs) And also normally we get, you know, a bell chimes midnight and then maybe we get bells progressively chiming, but they have the decency to have spaces in between the chimes. We just get eternal bell chiming here. The bell chimes just go on forever and they're so loud. They drown out the words very nearly. It feels kind of like an alarm clock waking you up from a dream, if you know what I mean. We see the prince stop at the stairs because Cinderella loses a shoe. Like, come on, guys, you know, you know. And he's like, oh, she's not here. But this shoe made of the finest crystal, it must be hers. I will find her. And he's so genuinely happy. Yeah. He's like, oh, this has to be hers. So he didn't even see her lose it. And this literally is the only clue he's got right now. He's like, this is great. I'll do something. This will work. Which I thought was sweet. Yeah. And so we see, you know, Cinderella driving home very fast in the carriage. She's going, oh, go home and hurry. Oh, please. I hope it's not too late. And we see her taking her other shoe off and putting it next to her on the, you know, the side of the carriage where she's sitting. And then we cut to... Cinderella outside of her house and it's the magic is gone like the poof after midnight and Cinderella rubs her eyes and looks up at the house and goes where am I and then she looks around and she sees her bird friends and her mice friends and Jack the pumpkin head who's haunted and goes oh I must have been sleepwalking and you woke me up what a wonderful dream I was having I'm so sad it had to end okay let's go to bed yeah and we're just like what and as she walks in we get a shot of the glass shoe still inside the pumpkin like inside the jack-o'-lantern now yeah that is definitely haunted yeah and the the mice and the birds are kind of like what the the mice and the birds are with us yeah they they're kind of giving each other like oh shit looks but they follow her inside yeah and the pumpkin is just outside. And at this point, the pumpkin is no longer like alive. It's not animated. Yeah. So I think they might have killed the pumpkin by transforming it into a carriage. Oh, because no. it no longer moves around. Oh, no, that's so Or it does any expressions. Oh, no. And they just leave it out for the rest of the day. Oh, no. Well, they killed Jack. Poor handsome Jack. Poor handsome Jack. So we cut inside. The stepsisters are bragging about how much the prince was in love with them and until that hussy showed up. And then he, they, he dropped them like hot potatoes. Or a sack of potatoes. Or a sack of potatoes. As one of the stepsisters digs at the other. And as they're arguing, uh, the knight, you know, the, the knight in shiny armor from the beginning mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comes back around. And He's saying to his horse, okay, now, so when I say, whoa, you're going to stop slowly. And the horse is just like riding, just like there. The horse horse? is not communicating with him the Mm -hmm. way the mice and the birds communicate with Cinderella. No, not even a little bit. So 
he tries it and the horse does stop but like again he goes flying through the air lands on the doorstep and when the stepmother opens the door she goes what ho noble knight and he says what ho yourself old lady and she goes i mean what brings you here he's like oh uh yeah i've got a proclamation it's pretty long i'll give you the gist And then he just does like, so the prince found a slipper made out of glass and now he's going to run around the kingdom and have all of the like ladies try it on. And then, you know, whoever the she fits, he's going to marry. Again, the stepmother and the stepsisters are very excited and they run back inside Mm -hmm, and mm Cinderella is the only one left on the porch where he's still just like belly flopping on and she offers to get his horse for him. And he's like, nah, it's a nice day. I'll just crawl. I'll just crawl. And then Cinderella's like, wow, a prince is going to come here. Oh, I'm so excited to meet a prince. The stepsisters laugh at her and they're like, no, you will absolutely not be meeting a prince. In fact, go to your room. Don't come out. So she does. And the prince comes in. Yeah, apparently the messenger with the proclamation is going right ahead of the prince, like, to each house right before he arrives. I guess. Which means that the prince is, like, not waiting to start looking. No, no, not at all. And the stepmother's like, oh, girls, when the prince comes, you know, remember to curtsy. So the prince comes in and the girls curtsy, but they're bad at curtsying, so they just fall over into, like, a giant heap. We see Cinderella in her room, and she's all set up at the, the high window, and she goes, oh... This is better. We'll stay right here at the window. And then I'll be able to have a clear view of him when he leaves. Oh, this is so exciting. And the birds are like, oh, my God, woman, what? Mm." So they with their eyes with their eyes. So they fly down to the pumpkin, at which point Cinderella goes, oh, no, poor Jack. I left him out all night. And I thought that she was going to, like, be overcome with sadness at the corpse of her handsome pumpkin friend and like run downstairs to get him and thus be introduced to the prince nope no not exactly and then the stepsisters are trying the shoe on yeah and the tall one puts it on but her her feet are very big and long so doesn't fit and the like the grand duke character who's got like a weird almost cockney accent like it's a weird british accent yeah faux british he's like well the toe fits but what do we do with the rest of the foot and i was like oh my gosh if they cut her foot off i'm gonna die no no the other stepsister pushes her out of the way uh fatima and is like i i i'm very confident that it's gonna fit and she tries to cram it on and the servant guy is like oh my god be careful you'll hurt yourself i thought that was pretty funny yeah and that goes on for a while he's like seriously please stop yeah he was like genuinely concerned because it clearly doesn't fit but she does manage to cram like the top of her foot into the toe of the shoe and then her heel into the heel of the shoe and then just her arch is like basically making a complete fold yeah so the shoe is on sort of but it doesn't fit And she also immediately regrets the fact that it works. And then they all have to help her try and take it off, which requires like multiple people pulling in multiple directions. Yeah, they're playing tug of war with her. While this is happening, the birds have flown out to Jack the pumpkin and have picked the shoe out of him and are flying back in with it. And the prince sees the shoe and is like, oh my goodness, this shoe 
chase the birds and the birds fly to Cinderella who has now come downstairs to chase the birds well I think she saw them like fly inside the house and is trying to like keep anything bad from happening to them okay that makes more sense because she because she comes down and she greets everyone with oh I'm so sorry my friend my friends bothered you and the prince goes oh there was no bother but please tell me where did you get that shoe and Cinderella looks at the shoe and she goes I have no idea she goes I don't know but I remember it from a dream the prince is just like well would you try it on and she's like, oh, I would be honored to your highness. And the stepmother and stepsisters all scream Cinderella, like in a chorus. And yeah. she tries it on and it fits. And the prince goes, Cinderella, at last I know your name. You might as well confess that was you at the ball. And she goes, but that was a dream. And the prince goes, a dream come true for me. Oh. And... and the stepsisters are like, not Cinderella, again in the chorus. And the prince goes, ah, Princess Cinderella, and like cuddles her against his chest. And the stepsisters are like, Princess Cinderella. And then the mice all run up to them and like make like tongue sticking out faces. And all they just basically like try to jump scare them while telegraphing it and like doing it in sync. And yes. it works works the the three of them uh leap up and are on the chandelier again and this time they're arguing with each other about which one of them was the nicest to cinderella like i loved her as my own flesh and blood you don't even have any flesh you're so skinny like i've always liked cinderella you you're terrible to her i liked cinderella it's it's great and then um the the chandelier falls um you know duh and, and the prince and Cinderella get onto a very nice different carriage and they drive off and there's a shot of people cheering up and down the street and Cinderella is sitting in the carriage and she just sort of goes, thank you, fairy godmother, which we don't see the fairy godmother again. No, she looks out the window and a star glimmers after oh, she says it. star glimmers. Okay. I was really concerned because we are now 20 minutes into this movie and I thought we were done. But there's still eight minutes left of movie and Tal and I were both like on YouTube on YouTube. And we were like, oh, no, please, dear God, no. What what's but we are done. We're finished with the movie now. We get commercials for the rest of the things in this series, which do not count as part of a Cinderella. And we did not have to watch them. So, yes. So we're done. We're that done. was it. That was it. That was the Rankin Bass Cinderella. I just want you to know that I hope Liv edits this out so you don't hear it, but I have said that wrong every single time I've had to say it in this episode. I keep saying Raskin and Bass, and it's not. It's not. Nope. So, what were your highs and lows? My high was the sense of humor in this. I actually thought all of the jokes landed really well. Mm -hmm. And... I have not been a fan of most of the animated slapstick that we've seen. Like all of the animated Cinderella's that I've really liked have been sort of like more serious. Yeah. And this one was really funny. And I thought it was like pretty clever in the jokes it was making. Like having been made in the 70s, it was the first one that we have ever seen to acknowledge the carriage appearing inside the house. Yeah, that was that was great. 
Yeah. And it had like a lot of payoffs to a lot of like little setups. And I just like, yeah, I really liked it. I liked how contrary Cinderella was. And I liked all of the like bickering that the stepsisters did. The humor really landed for me. My low was just how the prince looked. Like it was very funny, but it didn't fit thematically with his role. And I loved the contrast of Cinderella being like beautiful and just like completely earnest in the face Mm -hmm. of all of the nonsense happening around her. And I kind of, I wish the prince had been more like that. Like, for example, when the prince is dancing with the stepsisters, it would have been really funny to me if he was like breathtakingly gorgeous. And they were like, oh, we make a beautiful couple, don't we? Aren't I light on my feet? Haven't you noticed? And he was just like very polite to them Mm -hmm. and just very nice and just like incredibly handsome and incredibly like not into any of this. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like a big low. It was just something that like, it was distracting. I I will say it was distracting rather than like a low. That's fair. That's fair. How about you? What were your highs and lows? You know, for sheer weirdness, I think my high was when we realized that she was going to make the actual fabric that the dresses were going to be made from. <laughs> I, that was incredible. We've seen Cinderella be asked to do a lot of things, like radioactive experiments in the basement, fix mm-hmm. the roof, but weave the cloth for the dress is a new one. That was, I love that. That was, that was really great for me. Um, yeah. I think my low was the cold open. <gasps> yeah where we just opened into the middle of a cinderella i was like just what why no 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 just start with the beginning or start with like a once upon a time or like don't don't do this don't not this this is confusing and jarring and i don't like it make it stop i agree so what would you change about this movie well i mean now that you've said it i would just start watching <sighs> it like three minutes into the runtime you do this every time I'm, I'm sorry like that's an excellent suggestion like I can't tell our listeners that the thing that I would change would be like a different thing that I would actually change like that's not the bond we have I have to be honest and I just like I respect them so much that I have to steal your answer you're literally just doing this to be mean to me and it's fine (laughs) it's fine I love you for it it's okay okay I would have given Cinderella like flecks of light in her creepy pupils in her creepy dead eyes yeah well that's what I would change about this movie I would give her better oh oh that's what you would change yes that's what I would change I'm taking the creepy dead eyes answer I don't want her to have creepy dead eyes I would like her to have beautiful sparkly eyes that are not creepy and dead. Actually, I would have loved it if the pumpkin wasn't animated. I was just thinking that. Like, like, not, like I don't think the pumpkin should have been alive, which was one of the first Betty Boop. things pumpkin that happened to us. Like, in yeah. our first episode, the pumpkin had teeth and, like, smiled and sang. And I was like, no, thank you. And I stand by that. Three seasons in, day one, that was my opinion. That is still my opinion now. I don't think that the pumpkin facial expressions should move i also don't like super understand why she was carving a jack-o'-lantern in the first place like i know within the context of the cartoon she needed to have a pumpkin like in the room when the fairy godmother arrived but like why does she have a jack-o'-lantern in her bedroom do you think she's just one of those halloween girls (gasps) 
<gasps> oh gosh, I hope so. I think she's one of those Halloween girls. Here's the thing, though. That's two pumpkins that are alive. If we get a third pumpkin, it goes on the list. Okay. Of patterns that happen in Cinderella. One more pumpkin, guys. That's all we need. Oh, no. No, we don't need that, though. All right. Don't put that out into the universe. (laughs) Do you think our listeners should watch this? Yeah, I think. I mean, it's not like super special. I don't think it's going to blow your mind. It was fun. I don't think you're going to like have a bad time. It's only about 20 minutes. But also like don't like go out of your way. But if you feel like it, yeah, sure. Why not? Like I'm not going to tell you not to. Yeah. How about you? I'm, I'm pretty meh about this one. Like I would say don't watch it. There's cuter things you could spend 20 minutes watching. Like if you're going to spend 20 minutes watching a Cinderella, like watch the Carol Burnett one from the 70s. That one was screamingly funny. There's better Cinderella's to watch in 20 minutes. But if you've seen all of those, but if you've yeah, seen all not? of those, and you're like, eh, I'm kind of doom scrolling, I'm kind of bummed, watch this one. It's a hoot. Like, it's fun. So, what is your final grade for this movie? B. Plus. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I don't think it was like great, but it was, you know, it was fun. The animation didn't horrify me. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm going with a B. Basically, all the same things, just. I didn't, I don't, I don't think it rose to the level of a B plus, but solidly B. Like, yeah, he did a good job. Good job. It's a nice Cinderella. I think I enjoyed the night more than you did. I did not enjoy the night at all. I thought that was an extremely weird and extraneous character. I didn't dislike him enough that I wanted him removed from the movie, but I thought that he was going to matter. Like, I thought that the prince was going to leave without Cinderella and the knight was going to be like, oh, but where is the very nice young lady who is always like, tried to help me with my horse, unlike these mean-spirited old bats. And the prince would be like, what? Another lady? Like, I thought that was gonna matter in some way, and it just didn't. I mean, other than demonstrating that she was, you know, thoughtful and caring, which, like, we got that. She cared for her stepsister. She likes the birds. She likes the mice. Like, we've seen this from her. So I I didn't like that character at all. So yeah, B, and now that I'm thinking about it, a B minus, but no, it's a B. It's a B. I like this movie. It was good. Here's what I liked about The Night. I like the silly way he bounced on the horse. I thought that was a funny use of animation. And I liked all of his, like, don't bother. I'm just going to fall off the horse. Or, like, I'll I'll just crawl. Because he wasn't saying it, like, sarcastically. No. Like, he was being kind of sardonic about it. But I think he meant it. Like, I think this is just what his life is like right now. And it was just such a weird, wacky touch. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm a fan. I might watch this again. I did love the moment when the, the king was roasting the queen. Like, oh, it's so great. I like when they bicker. Me too, because I have a very bickery relationship with my husband. And I'm just like, oh, this <laughs> is what love looks like. That's flirting. That's flirting. This is just how one expresses love. You're just, you re- I, I scrolled past a thing on Facebook the other day that was like, Hey, uh, sorry I roasted you. I was trying to flirt. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. That is how I have both started and ended relationships. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I mean, my husband routinely, like, pokes up my shirt to tell me there's something on it. And then if I look down, he flicks my nose. And, like, that's how I know he loves me. So... If my husband gets too focused on something during a walk in the woods, like looking at trees or not paying attention, I'll just walk a step or two behind him and just start narrating what he's doing, like 
David Attenborough style. And I will continue they do that to, to my dog. It's the best. I strongly recommend. If you're ever on a walk with somebody and they're really like focused on something, just start narrating what they're doing in very overly dramatic terms. They'll hate it. You'll love it. It's fun. Yeah. And on that note, I I think it's almost midnight. Yep. It's it's definitely almost midnight. Great. Thank you for joining us, dear listeners. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at the Cinderella Podcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbity bobbity bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod, and you can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week? We're watching, oh God, no, next week we're watching DJ Cinderella. Yes! Yes! <sighs> no, 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 okay, okay. I've been dreading this one. Um, this is 2019, made for TV. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mm. All right. This is my kind of trash. I can't wait. And until then, we hope you have a happily ever after. I guess. <laughs>